RadioInfluence.com. edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Frankie Val on the drums and Beans. What a day, what a week, what a year. Yes. <laughs> what a crazy. It continues. It continues. So we're going to get right into it because we have a very busy show. And um, I wanted to let you know, Frank, and let everybody know, good friend of mine that I, I had the privilege of meeting, unfortunately, through bad circumstances, through the COVID nonsense, but... His name is Dr. Simon Godek. You might know him from Twitter if you're on Twitter or from Telegram. He has like a hop in Telegram presence. But he's an expert on vitamin D who like spoke up during the pandemic about vitamin D. He's brilliant. I mean, and he's been canceled. Two jobs he's lost. Um, Right now he is jobless because he's been so outspoken about all the things going on. Anyway, he came out with a solution, a vitamin D solution Um, but it's not just regular vitamin D and like you take it every day. It's got like six or seven other things that you need to take with the vitamin D for it to work right. Vitamin D. Vitamin, vitamin D. And it really is a solution. Like it's, it's everything in one little thing, but his story and his knowledge base is like insane. So we were talking about his vitamin D yesterday uh, solution. And I said, why don't you come on the show and like literally school us on this nutraceutical stuff? Because he's amazing. Like you guys will see Wednesday, he'll be on with us on Wednesday and he's living in the jungles of Brazil right now. Oh, damn. Yeah. I want, that's, that's interesting. Oh yeah. He's an interesting guy. You're going to love poking his brain. I'm telling you, this is going to be right up your alley. You're going to love it. Does he, does he take a canoe to work every day? He has no job, so he doesn't leave. You know, I'm jobless every night at 9 p.m. <laughs> Do you take a every canoe day, home, every Frank? Day, <laughs> every day, life starts over. Life starts over. I'm fighting for my dinner every day. I'm 9 trying p.m., to I'm jobless. What's going on on the sunglasses today? What, we're not looking at Pelosi's cleavage, but we... we... I, I don't know. You put threesomes in the, in, the, uh, in the title. Everybody in the chat room is talking about threesomes now. <laughs> So I'm just trying to I'm just trying to hide my eyes. Okay, so January sixth, Frank. That's what we're hopping into first. What I is- can't wait until we get to the Twitter thing. But January sixth, are you going to bring up the Julie Kelly? Oh, absolutely. FBI? Okay. If you guys don't know, the Proud Boys case is in the middle of trial right now. They had a. They had an FBI witness up on the stand, an FBI agent. And this FBI agent had to provide all of her communications to them as Brady, like in an exculpatory manner, like it was mandatory. So she did. She provided them a spreadsheet of the link messages. It had about 20 rows. And the attorneys got it and realized that there were like thousands of rows hiding and unhid them. And what was hiding, it's almost... One of those things where you wonder if she did it on purpose because it's that yeah, stupid. <laughs> yeah, because it's so. I mean, it's not a permanent fix. It's not permanent. Like like to, to hide something like that. I don't know. It's just not permanent. So you, you almost wonder did did they want? Now I didn't see the details as to what was in there. <laughs> I saw that there was there was requests requests from other uh, agents to um to, to not mention that they were present at certain things and and it obviously it's all it's all shady but I can't wait to hear the details uh, a request by an FBI informant to alter an official confident confidential human source report edit out that I was present it says it right here you need to go into that CHS report you just put out and edit out that I was present um why would they want to do that Frank why would they want to do that? And this one is the worst. This one to me is even worse. Miller's communications with another agent who states that the FBI's boss assigned her 338 items of evidence I have to destroy. What? You're going and destroying evidence? Like this is what the FBI is doing now? They're destroying oh, yes. evidence. Yes. Oh, they're not destroying. See, in the FBI's eyes, they're not destroying it. They're pruning. 
they're they're pruning. You said, you know what? Oh. You know when you have, you know when you have a shrub, a shrub in the backyard that's getting a little bit. I don't know. The, the borders are just getting a little bit frazzled. It needs to be pruned. So, that's, they're just pruning and trimming. That's all it is. Kyle says that's not uncommon. That's not that uncommon. What's not that uncommon? To destroy evidence in a case? That's something you guys do all the time? Like that's just To prune. Oh, sorry. Prune. Prune, prune evidence. I might have my bed. <laughs> he's saying the evidence might be from a case that is old. So he's saying... They destroy evidence from things that are not new. So this agent might have been saying, I have to destroy 338 pieces of evidence that were due to be destroyed anyway, but they're thinking that it is attributed to this case. And it looks absolutely terrible. That mm. just, that, that, that's just, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they were destroying or pruning the 338 pieces of evidence from this case. You always well, uh, it's already uh, it's already a, a, a big task to try to to try to push the the Proud Boys as the nation's number one threat to our security. So, I, I have to imagine there's there's a couple of different things being being uh, accomplished by doing this pruning. The the next point here, Kyle says he has had um, notices to destroy evidence from cases from two thousand five, like. Going 2005. Yeah, like old stuff. Like I get what he's saying. Oh, he's back. He's back. Sunglasses off. Hello. I wear my sunglasses at night so, so I can. So I can. <laughs> I went the Michael McDonald route. So. All right. Okay. So next thing. The government is arguing that conversations conversations that attorneys have with defendants while they're in jail if they communicate by jail phone or email are not attorney client privileged that the government has full access to them whenever they want i don't I, so so the only time you ever have privileged time with your lawyer is if you're not already in jail (laughs) (laughs) like they're literally making this argument they're making it and the worst part is which isn't going to surprise anybody the judge is pretty much so this all comes out the case stops they start crossing her in the morning uh the judge stops it the fbi and the government say Stop reading all of these. Stop talking about them. They were all classified. And therefore, you cannot use them or have access to them. Because they're all classified, so you can't touch them. All the extra messages that were hidden were actually classified. Do you think that this person's going to show up in our OPR files? What do you think, Kyle? Do they, do, does, do the feds, they, do they film, film uh, conjugal visits as well? I don't know if they even give those anymore. You don't? They don't? I don't think so. They'd rather just... Why would they give conjugal visits when guys can just pretend they're girls and go stay in the female prison? It's true. And then get a a medal from the White House. Yeah. Come on. (laughs) My gosh. Yeah. Um, okay so, yeah no this this whole this whole thread and all of the the supporting work that was done around it was it's incredible i even read through a little bit last night and i didn't want to do it i didn't want to do this last night but between this and what we heard at that that twitter files hearing just oh my gosh yeah we've mind, got a bunch of that yeah i know me i did it i i streamed it yesterday and um kyle hopped in with me for like an hour and we did the commentary over it while the democrats were talking because they're insane and I have the biggest gotcha I think you'll ever see. And, you know, I know that, like, we get bored of talking about court cases. But, like, if you had been paying attention, you knew everything that came out in this hearing. You had the background for it because it was all Missouri v. Biden stuff that Twitter triple verified because of the Twitter files. So, real quick before we go, Wendy did a thread last night. Her first one, I think. I'm proud of her. She was diving into the statistics of J6, like, what's happened. Two suicides that she's been able to find. As of the 28th of February, according to DOJ sentencing information, 410 people have been sentenced. 
Uh, I think she corrected that number upward a little bit afterwards. 238 of those people have been incarcerated anywhere from seven days to 120 months. Um, one got... 172 got probation, with some of those getting shorter incarceration on weekends or sometimes continuous but generally smaller incarceration periods. Of the 238... Um, where am I? Of the 238 sentenced to incarceration, when totaled, the years add up to 269 years in prison. Um, about 100 so far got over three months. 37 got over 40 months. 15 got over 60 months. 7 got over 78 months. 4 got 86 or more months. And almost all of them got community service and fines of restitution of up to $500 to make under 33K. Many got fined for $2,000 or more. She links a couple of Uncovered DC columns that we've done on this stuff. Um, a lot of them were given sentences based on what they said in texts or on socials and not what they actually did. Just basically their free speech was used against them. Um, most of them were allowed in and just walked around and took photos. Dr. Gold stood in the rotunda talking about the truth of early treatment of COVID. Um, others like Brandon didn't even go inside. Jails are holding people without trial or bail because they pose a danger, but nobody's really a threat to society. If you compare it to the BLM riots, which we did at Uncover DC, Wendy wrote a column comparing the two. And, um, they are retaliating against the J6 folks for the information coming out on Tucker right now because so, so the, the, yeah so I was wondering if that was going to be where uh if that was going to be where they push harder because yeah. now I know that now that people who are being detained are actually requesting are requesting uh that 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 their situation be reevaluated because of what's being made available and uh you, you know that they're not going to take their foot off the gas no, I retweeted something yesterday. I'll tell you what's going on. She, um, he, he is, hold on. The problem when you tweet so much is that you lose. Oh, did you see this whole thing with the LGBT flag painted on the street in Florida and they're all pissed off about graffiti when it's just cars driving over it and leaving tire marks? Well, one person deliberately burned out on it, which I still don't care. No, I mean, I, just... I, I think it's hilarious that you go and vandalize the street by painting over uh, painting over the street with the, the flag of a sexual special interest group, <laughs> and and the real horror is that somebody did a burnout on it when we've already established how many times over the last ten years that it is your proud right to burn the American flag. Right. Well, think that's I give, what I give a damn. That's what Christina Pusha said. She said that very thing. Um, okay. After two nights of the truth being shown on the on Tucker Carlson, says Derek Evans. They decided to do a shakedown in the D.C. Gulag. The guys are back on lockdown, unable to speak with their families. All of their personal belongings taken, legal papers seized, medications flushed. Bart Shively is on diabetic meds, others on meds as well. Blankets and pillows were taken. This is one of the greatest human rights violations in our lifetime. That's what they did. Like, they're taking away whatever creature comforts they have because yeah. of this? Yeah, yeah. And so Marjorie Taylor Greene and others wrote a letter yesterday and said, we demand answers about what you're doing right now because it's absurd. Um, William Shipley, Bill Shipley, shipwrecked crew on Twitter, was on Tucker Carlson last night talking about the plea deal in the um, Jacob Chansley case before he took over the case. Let's take a listen to this real quick. He had a, Tucker had his mom too. Okay. How is your son still behind bars? Well, Jake did not have a lot of um, post-conviction options. Uh, the plea agreement that Albert Watkins talked him into signing waived all of his appeal rights. So he had no opportunity to go to the Circuit Court of Appeals to raise any issues connected to his conviction. He had limited rights to challenge the uh, performance of uh, Albert Watkins as his lawyer. When I came into the case, that's the first subject I began discussing with him was uh, my criticisms of what Watkins talked him into doing. Um, it was a terrible plea agreement. It was an unconscionable plea agreement. Um, I mean, I've done this for 35 years. I, I, I recognized immediately what Watkins had done wrong. Uh, Watkins had him plead guilty before the government was even willing to say it had produced all the video. The government in, in August of 2021 was still telling judges, we haven't been able to get all of the evidence to 
defense lawyers, so please don't set trial dates. Albert Watkins didn't care. He convinced his client to take the offer the government had made and plead guilty. So well, he's, he's in a little bit of a mousetrap. So, but now that we know that this was a, a, a travesty, I mean, the people responsible for it should be punished. Liz Cheney should lose her job today as a professor at the University of Virginia. She knew this. She destroyed a man's life. But how do you get Jacob Chansley out of jail now? Well, we're looking at that. I'm not sure there's an easy solution. There's not an easy road to that, um, to get the matter back in before Judge Lamberth in the, the district court here and to have him reconsider his sentence. Uh, in many ways, it's procedurally barred. We're going to have to come up with a creative way to get it back before Judge Lamberth. Frankly, I think Judge Lamberth may be a little bit um, unhappy that uh, you know the government presented some videos at the sentencing to paint Jacob in the worst possible light, the way they described him uh, in court as you know the face of the insurrection, uh, violent, um, and then you know Judge Lamberth. Frankly, he gave him the sentence that Albert Watkins negotiated. The sentence in the plea agreement was 41 to 51 months, and Judge Lamberth gave him 41 months. Um, but I don't think Judge Lamberth today probably thinks he saw everything he needed to see when he made that decision. Yeah, I mean, this is just an open and shut travesty as far as I'm concerned. And, and God's... It is an open and shut travesty. This whole thing is a travesty. And remember, I want to make sure everybody remembers, this is what Steve Friend brought forward, the FBI malfeasance surrounding January 6th. It's, I don't know how these people live with themselves. It's terrible. So now the GOP House created an intake portal to provide an avenue by which individuals with knowledge of the events of January 6th and the select committee who wish to provide that to the committee regarding what transpired may do so. And it's run by Loudermilk, which is so perfect because they accused him of being involved with January 6th because he was giving tours that day. The tours had nothing to do with anything but, hey, here's a tour we arranged to see the Capitol. Like, that happens all the time. So he's in charge of this. Poetic justice, I think. Poetic justice. So it's a really shitty poem, but um, it is. But yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. That's yeah. just incredible. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So on to the hearing yesterday. Wait, 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 wait. Before the hearing, I have to ask you maybe a question about a smaller subject. Sure. I saw this headline and I I read through it. I found this Yahoo article on it. That, you know, the, the crazies with their foot on the gas that want to take Donald Trump however the hell they can. We know that New York grand juries and all that, they're just trying to charge him with something. Still. <laughs> I, I Yeah, I, I saw that they're getting closer to charging Donald Trump with something in New York. Here I am thinking, OK, well, uh, they're 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 pushing the whole Trump tower you know they they didn't write off they didn't write off a, a company car properly or taxes here fudging the books here I don't know what they're what they're going for then I read a little bit into this article and I realize that they're pushing Stormy Daniels again yes this is about Stormy Daniels and hush money the NDA stuff again here I've got it Citizen Free Press to the rescue right in the stack thank you Citizen Free Press. Trump invited to testify between before New York grand jury. Formal President Donald Trump has been invited to testify before a New York grand jury that has been investigating hush, hush money payments. This is this is Cohen. This is Cohen. Still with the hush money. This yeah. is like seven years old, this bullshit. Yeah. Trump attorney Joseph Tacopina confirmed Thursday that the Manhattan District Attorney's Office has invited the former president to testify next week as prosecutors near a decision on whether to proceed what could be the first criminal case ever brought against a former U.S. president. So is any what is the distinction here? What's the, what do we know anything about the distinction that they're trying now to make about hush money prior to the 2016 election and the NDA that she willingly signed? It, it what's the distinction here between because does that mean that everybody who's ever signed an NDA or a non-compete was in some way engaging in a hush a hush money transaction? She he didn't even pay it himself. Cohen paid it out of his own personal money. So 
the whole thing is nonsense. It's just another nonsense BS nonsense thing. I, I thought that they were going another route because this was so They don't worn have anything out. else. Do you see how much they've been read? They have nothing. I mean, she ended up having to pay him. Three hundred thousand I mean, like, dollars. And her lawyers in jail. I, I know. I know. I, for mil- I, I was just so shocked. I was just shocked. Obviously, we know that they're willing to make up anything. So I thought that they would. I thought that this was about something completely different. I was so shocked when I saw Stormy Daniels' name pop up in this article. I cannot Fe- believe that they went back to that well. Future President Michael Avenatti's behind bars. I mean, you know. So I'm saying he was the he was the future president, if you remember. Future president. Stelter was all about it. He was right up his little behind. You're my future president. Talk about misinformation. You know, everybody said, everybody said, um, oh, we'll get around to like Debbie Washman Schultz and stuff. But even before that, The View earlier on this week in reaction to Tucker Carlson, um, those halfwits on The View that were were talking with each other about how how it should be illegal what Tucker Carlson did that that that, that pretty much she, he should be in jail for pushing things like that. Pushing and I, what, um, the truth? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And meanwhile, they are on the panel. Out of all the things, the the uh, the people who just fawned over people like Michael Avenatti, even though he was a, a liar and a crook, uh, you had right there on that panel Joy Joy Behar, who had helped Brian Ross cra- crash. The uh, the 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 stock market back in December of 2017, when he reported that Michael Flynn, that he lied about Michael Flynn, uh, you know, being being part of some sort of a uh, a line of of uh, of corruption to go and talk about sanctions with Kislyak before it was too soon. And I mean, that that crashed a stock market. I know. For a few days. I know. You don't talk about lies and what should be illegal. She should be in jail if that's the case. Tucker Carlson gives you a little bit more of a story. And, oh, man, it's... You guys, if you want to know about the Flynn case, by the way, uh, Adam Carter and I published a piece about it yesterday at Uncover DC called Flynn versus the United States. That's it. Um, But, yeah. Yeah. So, it's, it's, it's getting stupid. Really stupid. Um... Okay, so yesterday we had the hearing. Um, oh, by the way, Tucker Carlson, uh, I'm sorry, not Tucker Carlson, Jack Posobiec, I had it somewhere, was saying that they're creating a way for people to view the footage um, themselves so that it's not just Tucker Carlson. They're making it available to everybody and that he said that like everybody would be happy with it. I don't know. I can't find the clip I had pulled up for it. So um, thank you to Kanakoa for clipping this hearing in such a sweet and beautiful way that we can listen to it in segments. Um, so in the Missouri v. Biden case, there there was the filing of 380 pages or something of, of statements of fact that went on for thousands of, of bullet points of all the things that they found in discovery that the government was doing. And they filed that with their motion for temporary injunction. And yesterday the government filed saying, strike this from the record. It's too lengthy for us to respond to. They're, just, they're too busy. They can't They can't take the time to respond to all the evidence against them, Frank. Um, but Schellenberger, I didn't ever know him before he did the Twitter files. I really like him. I really like him a lot. Um, let's start. What is the Department of Homeland Security doing, Frank? This is what they're doing. I would like to echo uh, what Matt just said. Uh, this is... I've never worked on an issue where so frequently while doing it, I just had chills go up my spine because of what I was seeing happening. I never thought in my own country that freedom of speech would be threatened in this way. And it's just frightening when you get into it. Um, the most recent, uh, our, our most recent discoveries, I mean, I think you understand the process is that we first raised a bunch of concerns around the way Twitter pre Elon Musk was uh, censoring people and creating blacklists. Very quickly, we discovered that we had FBI agents uh, basically, and, and other government officials, you know, demanding that Twitter take certain actions. We now know that the Department of Homeland Services, uh, which has uh, had, what's that? Security. Security, sorry, <laughs> Department of Homeland Security, uh, you know, had, had to try, try to create a disinformation board. 
Uh, that went away after public backlash, but we now realize that they have this other enterprise and they've been building out basically mechanisms to proliferate a censorship industrial complex around the country to censor on a whole range of issues. And so you've seen them, you've seen this censorship industry go from, well, we're just fighting ISIS to, well, we're just fighting Russian disinformation bots to, well, now we need to fight domestic misinformation, which is just saying we need to fight against people who are saying things we disagree with online. That's all that means. And I, I mean, it's not a slippery slope. It's an immediate leap into a, a terrifying mechanism that I, we only see in totalitarian societies. True. Yes. Now, I have to say, somebody commented, and it was a point that I was going to make. And yes, yeah, uh, two comments. One is this. Taibi wrote extensively about the process of exposing the Twitter files on his Substack, but by not explaining it at the hearing, Democrats were able to confuse viewers. This is something I was saying while streaming it live. They kept accusing them of, of Elon and Twitter of cherry picking information to provide without giving full context and everything, right? But what, what Matt Taibbi failed to tell everyone was the process of how they got the information in the first place. Elon said, give us key, almost like they were doing a, a search for FOIA. Give us keywords. We'll search our database for those keywords and provide you everything that we have that comes back under them. So the search term could have been Hamilton 68. The search term could have been EIP. The search term could have been anything. And then they would have dumped back all the emails corresponding to it. By not explaining that, that process, the Democrats were able to keep that talking point going. Secondly, Schellenberger. Yes, he was a climate guy. Yes, he previously worked for a Soros-backed nonprofit. He was a true believer. I don't think he is anymore. He openly admitted in this hearing that he was he was of agreement that the rush the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. And then he sat down and saw what the FBI did and said, holy crap, I don't believe that anymore. So honest journalists are having their come to Jesus moment. Here is yesterday's Twitter files that dropped from Matt showcased again my entry into the Twitter files about the Pennsylvania election case where the Stanford Internet Observatory was working with CIS and EIP, CIS being a government organization, EIP being a taxpayer-funded nonprofit, to censor what I was saying on Twitter. Um, but he showcased it to show the entanglements between the three because they're trying to use these not-for-profits to get around the Constitution when they're blatantly violating it anyway. So it doesn't really matter. But here's Matt talking about that. Matt uh, EIP, in, um, you know, in conjunction with our own research, there's a foundation, the Foundation for Freedom Online, which, um, you know, there's a very telling video that they uncovered where the director of Stanford's um, Election Integrity Partnership talks about how um, CISA, the DHS agency, uh, didn't have the capability to do election monitoring, um, and so that they kind of step in to fill, quote, fill the gaps legally. Um, before that capability could be uh, amped up. And what we see in the Twitter files is that Twitter executives did not distinguish between DHS or CISA and this group EIP. For instance, we would see a communication that said, um, from CISA escalated by EIP. So they were essentially identical in the eyes of the company. Uh, EIP, in, in, by its own data, and this is in reference to what you brought up, Mr. Congressman, um, according to their own data, they significantly uh, targeted more dis what they call disinformation on the right than on the left um, by a factor, I think, of about, of about 10 to 1. Uh, so, and I, and I say that it's not a Republican at all. It's just a fact of what we're looking at. Um, so, yes, the, we have come to the, to the realization that this bright line that we imagine that exists between, say, the FBI or the DHS or the GEC and these private companies is, is illusory and that it's, what's more important is this constellation of kind of quasi-private organizations that do this work. Now, they spent the whole hearing attacking Matt Taibbi and Schellenberger. Yeah. And, and Jim Jordan kept pointing out, these guys are not Republicans. And they're still not Republicans. Understand. They're just truth tellers. And I have absolutely no problem with someone who disagrees with me ideologically if they're working on a foundation of truth. They'll well, Matt Taibbi was on their radar, was in their crosshairs ever since he was putting out those first um, those those first really honest deep dives at, into what we were getting out of the OIG report at, at you know, post post uh, Russiagate. Yep. 
Um, yep. and, and he was and he was writing those on, on. I think he was still doing that with Rolling Stone. Agreed. Yes. I was like, and I was like, whoa, whoa, Rolling Stones put who is this guy? And he's you know, Rolling Stones not going out there looking for libertarians to write. You no. know, so it's uh, th that's when I, I started realizing, OK, well, hey, this guy and I probably don't agree on on who knows what we don't agree on. But they got he's got integrity. And they even said right there, I don't know how many times they had to reiterate in front of this this, uh, you know, this murder of crows that they were they were in front of over there that um, that this was not just about about uh, about censoring conservatives. Yeah. It was about censoring anybody who found a conscience and wanted to speak out against the edicts of the state uh, that, that that was it RFK is is a is a is a leftist <laughs> Robert Kennedy Jr is not a republican and that i, I mean like it, it's anybody who speaks out and like this whole party thing has to go away it doesn't exist anymore if there was ever a time in history for the people that crowed about the two party paradigm to be happy or at least start getting happy it's now it's disappearing it's completely disappearing um, this is the Atlantic Council's video from Kanakoa. This is them talking about what they do with there. Was, there was a, a lack of capability around election disinformation. Um, this is not because CISA didn't care about disinformation, but at the time they lacked uh, both kind of the funding and the legal authorizations um, to go do the kinds of work that would be necessary to truly understand how election disinformation was operating. So because of the feedback uh, and the ideas from these uh, this group, um, we were able to pull together pretty quickly a project between these four different institutions to try to fill the gap of the things that the government cannot do themselves. Uh, there are kind of four major stakeholders that we operated with uh, that we worked. They talk about this so openly. They don't. They don't even think twice about it. Like they talk about this so openly. It's insane. Now here is Daniel Goldman insisting that you can't find actual evidence of any direct government censorship. This is incredible here About because it, it, it proves he never even read the Twitter files. None of them know what's going on. None of them do. They have no background. That Garcia woman from Houston, she she clearly doesn't know how how Twitter works, like how you tweet. She doesn't understand what tweets are. I know that whole. How, how did she how did she even get a spot? It's crazy because she thinks she she couldn't understand how the interwebs work. Kyle was joking about it the entire time she was asking those questions. She didn't know what Substack was. I'm yep. like, you can't be allowed on on a on a on a on this kind of a panel or or a committee when you're when you're that out of touch. You can't do that. Yeah. Jeez. Here here is where Jim Jordan basically wallops up upside the head. And this is but one tiny example. There are thousands of examples like this. Again, all in Missouri v. Biden. You can read them all yourself. You can, I, you can read them all yourself. This happens over and over. For this guy to have said this with a straight face, they're truly uninformed. They don't know. All they know is we have to fight these people because they're, they're wrong. Here. Twitter. Twitter. And even with Twitter, you cannot find actual evidence of any direct government censorship of any lawful speech. And when I say Incredible. lawful, I mean non-criminal speech it's, because plenty I'll of give speech you one. is non-criminal. I'll give you one. The gentleman's time to expire. I'd ask unanimous consent to enter into the record the following email from Clark Humphrey, Executive Office of the Presidency, White House Office, January 23rd, 2021. That's the Biden administration, 4.39 a.m. Hey, folks. This goes to... Um, Twitter, hey folks, wanted to use the term Mr. Mr. He used, they use the term Mr. Mr. Goldman just used, wanted to flag the below tweet and I'm wondering if we can get moving on the process for having it removed ASAP. Boom. That is. Could you read the below tweet? He's trying to now insinuate that the tweet is illegal. <laughs> It's criminal yeah, he's right. in some can way. You, can you go ahead, read the below tweet. I'll, I bet you any money that they are coordinating terrorism. <laughs> it's just like, tell me what the illegal, the illegal, it, like, like all of a sudden between 2020 and 2023, people were openly on Twitter coordinating bombing strikes and all. I mean, what, what were you talking? What's the illegal? What's the illegal thing? The he, problem here is that you have made it illegal 
in a de facto way to have a uh, an opinion that is outside whatever official story you have rolled out for whatever crisis of the day was, whether it be medical lockdowns, a uh, the, the integrity of one election or another, you have made opinions illegal. What the tweet, def- what, yeah. what the tweet was, was Robert Kennedy Jr. opining about the death of the boxer. Um, and then if we can keep an eye out for tweets that fall in this same genre, uh, genre that would be great. This is a tweet on v- the very issue that Ma- uh, Thomas uh, can you just, brought. For I the fullness of the record, can you re- re- uh, read the, because I've not seen this, can you read the tweet that it's referencing? I don't have the tweet here with me, but the it. gentleman's point was, w- tell us, you said no time did government try to tell uh, Twitter to take that, to explicitly remove something. And No, I said explicitly says, remove lawful speech, lawful speech. We're going to conflate. The First Amendment does not is not absolute. Twitter, this is something yes. from Robert Kennedy Jr. But for so the record, I, I, I assume that's lawful speech. As a point speech. of order, Mr. Chair, because is Robert you, Kennedy Jr. said it, that's why it's lawful well, speech. Also, we'll Mr. Goldman, Mr. all I'm Mr. saying Mr. is, Chair, Chair, he's in so no time smarmy. did the government explicitly say to take. He's so smarmy. They come back later. I think let's just play. It take a tweet down here. Me. We have it right here, Mr. From the White House. They they, did, they couldn't even wait two days. Two days into this administration, they were asked Twitter Here's to take something down. We will tweet. get you the underlying tweet. Thank that you. I recognize the gentlelady it's from right New York. Will look, you look, place look, it into oh. the record as well, sir? The underlying tweet? Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, is talking about, uh, he's talking about Hank Aaron's death after oh, he received the vaccine. That's-, that's what it was. It was Hank Aaron dying after he got the vaccine. Hank Aaron. Far more, we, we lost far more greats than Hank Aaron that never, we ever, never really even had time to grieve, to be honest. Hank Aaron's death should have been a, a, a national moment of stopping and, and, and remembering. I mean, it is incredible things like that. And, and again, lawful, what's unlawful to say, I don't think that uh, we're being told everything, the truth about how Hank Aaron died. We're not. What's, unla- what's unlawful about that? It's illegal to say anything that they disagree with, Frank. It's illegal. It's And, and the fact that they say it and they, they stick by it and they don't change, I'm telling you, it's that, that split in the reality bubble. Never the twain shall meet. Um, We have another one here that I've talked about, you've talked about. We talked about it with um, Anecdotals, Jennifer, um, about this one. This they just found this yesterday in the Twitter files, but this has been I did talk about this previously. It's one of the more one of the ones that hurt me significantly. Listen, just quickly, we, we found just yesterday a tweet it's low. from um, the the Virality Project at Stanford, which has partnered with a, new, a number of government agencies on Twitter, where they talked explicitly about um, censoring stories of true vaccine side effects. Um, and other true stories that they felt uh, encouraged hesitancy. Now, the important... Censoring true. Yeah, so... So what he's saying is they're they're censoring content that is true, that does not break their terms of service, that would be considered to encourage vaccine hesitancy. So don't look at this information from thousands of people that they're, they're gravely injured after taking this shot, because then you might not want to take it, but the stuff's true. Crimes against effing humanity. Crimes against humanity. The government. And anything that sways you from from doing what they recommend is illegal. It's it's like you can be online to go on a carnival ride and you can see three sets of people in front of you. You're on you're on the line, you're looking down the line, you're looking at everybody getting on to the ride. And time after time, people get onto the ride and at least one person dies. And you say, I don't think I want to ride this. I'm getting off. And that's that's when you're in trouble. Yeah. And that's that's apparently You're going to get on that ride. Or you're going you to get, get on, on that, that ride. ride. And don't don't be a terrorist. Anyone who's standing out there with a sign telling anybody that your family member died on that ride, you're going to jail. Anybody trying to warn people that that seatbelt in the first car doesn't work and you're going upside down, you're going to jail. Don't scare people, you conspiracy theorist. I, I know the audio was low on that clip. I'll have to try and find a different one. I didn't realize how low it was. He, <coughs> I got a little verklempt for a moment. 
Um, here is in the title of the show. This this line of questioning by Garcia. This is just a short little bit of it that proves her absolute idiocy. Now, in your discussion, in your answer, you also said that you were invited by a friend, Barry Weiss. My friend Barry Weiss. So this friend works for Twitter, or what is what is her? Um, She's a again, again, she, right there. Why are you on the committee? Who doesn't know Barry Weiss was the New York Times? Co- I mean, she was the editor. <laughs> Even if she doesn't, if she even if she never knew about Barry Weiss's time with the New York Times and her her departure and how she went independent over the last four years or so, even if she doesn't know, then you are coming on to ask questions to get to the bottom of a very specific issue, and you don't even know who the primary authors of the Twitter files are because mm-hmm. they're not there for for actual real things, Frank. They're- and she keeps this. She keeps this face. This confused face on, like, why am I even here? Like, make make this make, the, the entire time. Representative Garcia is like, she's got this face on that says, "Make this make sense for me." This is so. What is this? Get out! Just get the fuck. Get out! <laughs> here we go, sir. I didn't ask you a question. I'm I'm now asking Mr. Schellenberger a question. Please yes, ma'am. Barry Weiss is a journalist. I'm sorry, sir. She's a journalist. She's a journalist. So you work in concert with her. Um, Concert. Yeah. Do you know when she first uh, was contacted by Mr. Musk? I, I don't know. You don't know? I'm stopping it real quick there because I need to just dissect this a little bit. All of their questions to these guys about who their sources were and all their crafty little ways that couldn't trap Schellenberger and Taibbi into giving the answers, they were all to set them up for the upcoming FTC investigation that's going on. They but here's my point. Let me ask you this, Tracy. When they ask about sources, I, what I, I'm a little confused here, too. I mean, they, they were contacted because of their supposedly impartial uh, backgrounds and whatnot, that they couldn't be attacked on their character in that way. doesn't mean that their character isn't going to be attacked. But they were contacted by Twitter. They were contacted by Twitter, no? Yes, but we don't know who contacted them from Twitter. What is it? But at that it point, what does it matter? To, because there's an FTC thing that is accusing Twitter of of not protecting their per, the, their users' personal information because they let random people in to look at their files. And so if they know who it is that they want to know all the details about who it is that approached them so that they can build some case against the person who was responsible for allowing this. And they're trying to make it Elon Musk. But these guys are not bending on who it is, or they are trying not to anyway, even under intense questioning that is designed solely to give the FTC information they need to be able to continue to build this case. But here, here's the rest of this. No. So you're in this as a threesome? <laughs> um, there was many more people involved in that. <laughs> there was, was many more people involved a, with it. It was a throuple. In, um, yeah. in your discussion. So you're in this as a threesome? The three of you were over there cavorting away. No, there were many yeah. more people. It was an orgy, actually, a swingers orgy. Where so so you, you guys were all in concert with each other. <laughs> am I am I getting this correct? You were working in concert with each other. <laughs> I, I'm a I'm a I'm a chief. I don't don't think you'll be able to hide the truth from me. Terrible. Here is stupid. Did you see by by any chance? I pulled this up on my show last night because I saw somebody just throw it on out there. Have you seen her district map for Houston? No, no. Tracy, if you go and just take a peek into uh, Miss uh, Garcia's district map in Houston, Texas, don't let. You don't ever let a liberal tell you that gerrymandering is a is a right wing thing. It is. Inc- I'm surprised that parts of her district are not in Alaska. What's her what they Sylvia? what they what they did to to make to give this woman a job and anybody else that sits in her seat? It's incredible. You want to talk about gerrymandering? My gosh, it looks like the encirclement of Bakhmud. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, are you serious right now? Look at this. You see it? You see it? It's on screen. Don't ever let anybody tell you about right-wing gerrymandering again. (laughs) It looks... (laughs) What the hell is that? What is that? It looks like Ukraine right now. Like Russia is encircling Ukrainian forces in Bakhmut. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh man, very good. Here is uh, this one. This one here, who I loved so much, she was my favorite. Democrats can't refute the claims that big tech censoring conservatives, so they smeared the journalists who broke the story, or should I say, so-called journalists. This isn't just a matter of what data was given to these so-called journalists so before called. us now. There are many legitimate questions about where Look Musk looking at each other like, what? to buy Twitter. The so-called journalists then fact-checked the so-called congresswoman. I've been a reporter for 30 years uh, and a staunch advocate of the First Amendment. Much of that time was spent at Rolling Stone magazine. Uh, ranking member Plaskett, um, I'm not a so-called journalist. Uh, I've won the National Magazine Award, the I.F. Stone Award for Independent Journalism, and I've written 10 books, including four New York Times, New York Times bestsellers. <laughs> Sounds like a real journalist to me. Well, what other bullets do Democrats have in the chamber? Well, reporters are only in it for the money. Now, I'm not asking you to put a dollar figure on it, but it's quite obvious that you've profited from the Twitter files. Oh. What, first of all, what is the difference? Does that, why does that even matter? It's, this is, this was the weakest. You know, you know how, you know in the end of Gladiator, when, when Commodus, he, he thinks he's, he still is losing to Maximus, even though Maximus is dying from the poison he put in the side, and he's just, he's just <laughs> flailing and... He's, he he can't do it. He's just punching Maximus's shoulder, but it's just it's just it's not working. This is Debbie Wasserman Schultz. The, the the fact that she can say, "Well, you know, you had six hundred thousand subscribers before you wrote this incredibly important and breaking, and, news. And breaking news story, and now you have three times that, and I'm sure your Substack subscribership has gone up. Um, would you say that there was some financial motivation for doing this? Like, no." No, no, he no, was no. doing I, it because he didn't want people to see it. I mean, yeah, I didn't want. Yeah, I, I did this because I knew nobody would see it. And someone, it would. Someone and it's called not her a, a ramen-haired idiot, and I think that is so good. <laughs> yeah, she, the wor the worst hair in government, and you have a lot of people in government wearing wigs. Hers is still worse. You hit the jackpot on that Vegas slot machine to which you referred. That's true, isn't it? I've also reinvested. He, he answered it wrong. You've made some. No, 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 no. Is it true that you have profited? No, 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 no. Since you were receipt, you were the recipient of the Twitter files. You've made money. Yes or no? I Very think it's probably question. a wash, honestly. No, you've you you have made money that you did not have before, correct? But I've also spent money that I didn't have okay. before. I just hired a I, whole I, group of people a, to patently obvious answer. Reclaiming patently my time. Obvious. I reclaim my time. Reclaiming my time. It's like Bill Barr all over again. Remember Bill Barr couldn't even answer a question because they kept reclaiming their time over and over again? Well, what they're doing right now, it's hilarious because what they're doing right now, and when they do that, well, reclaiming my time, they get their little snippet. They get their little snippet. They don't want anything else outside you know, of that. They don't want 20 more seconds of footage from the January 6th security cameras. They just they just want two seconds of oh, this ridiculous Jack. line of questioning. I found Jack Posobiec's clip. He said there's an ongoing assessment of the, the footage and as much as possible will be made available once it's complete. I think people are actually going to be very happy when they see what comes out. Um, what I'm looking for, I've got his opening statement. I'll share it in the notes. Um, I have here the woman who replaced Liz Cheney, who is a godsend, by the I've way. that he is allegedly. Um, I don't want that, though, because I want to. We're going to have to wrap. And I have Kyle on uh, Jesse Waters. You want to hear Kyle on Jesse Waters? Yes. Here he is. Kyle Serafin, friend of the show, on Jesse Waters. Let's bring in Kyle Serafin. He's the FBI whistleblower who helped expose government censorship of our First Amendment rights. What did you think about this hearing today? It's kind of a comedy routine, wasn't it? I mean, you saw that uh, Matt Taibbi and Schellenberg were in there. They're just getting accosted and uh at least they were having a little bit of fun with it they got accused of being in a threesome and uh, we got to find out that members of congress have no idea who are doing the reporting in this country so that's also kind of illuminating yeah the reporters were laughing at the members of congress who didn't even know what was up and what was down did you think that the reporters cared more about the subject of the hearing or did they care more about finding out what their sources were um i think that the democrat 
goal right now is to attack the messenger because they're not able to go after the allegations in any way, shape or form that's credible. And it's the same thing they've been doing to FBI whistleblowers for, you know, for that matter. They just go after it. They try to make personal attacks. They, uh, you know, they, they refer to them as so-called journalists, which is kind of rich coming from the, uh, the ranking member there who is kind of a so-called congresswoman. <laughs> she can't even vote in Congress. You know, mm -hmm. she actually is sort of Virgin fits Isles. that definition. Yeah, it looks like she was reading off of notes that her staff are prepared for her. Do the Democrats feel guilty about collaborating with the FBI, the CIA to censor things that ended up being true? It doesn't appear that way. They're double down on it. So, you know, I just kind of take the actions as they come and and the actions appear that not only do they not feel guilty about it, they're uh, they're going to go out there and try to make sound bites on it. And uh, maybe they'll make it on MSNBC and maybe they'll get a couple more votes or maybe they'll raise some more dollars in their fundraising campaign, saying that the Republicans are really mean and they have all these mean people that want to say true things. And Kyle, is the FBI going to get away with this? I mean, it looks like the FBI was pretty heavy handed when it came to censorship before the election. Yeah, it's worth noting that the FBI is sort of handling uh, Twitter, and I'm sure they handled some of the other social media, kind of the way that you handle a source when you are working in law enforcement. You give them kind of a carrot and a stick. And uh, what we saw there was that the carrot was you could be part of the intelligence community and we'll bring you in and we'll tell you secrets and we'll give you a secret backdoor. And then the stick was is that uh, Senator Mark Warner said, you know, we're going to punish you with some regulations that will probably be expensive and costly. So you might as well come along. So I don't think the FBI has been disincentivized. They actually got a bigger budget this year. They got another one point five billion dollars on the bottom line. And uh, that sounds like that's more encouragement from my end. All right. Any update on your whistleblower situation? No, I expect to be uh, attacked uh, for the foreseeable future. <laughs> okay, that's, at least you're realistic. Thanks so much, Kyle. And he, and he is. He's attacked every single day. Yeah. I, I, I no, and you know what? I hope he keeps getting every damn hit he can take on on national television. Getting whatever he's got his podcast. I hope. Gosh, just keep all of you guys out there in front because that's that's going to kill him. It's going to kill him. Yep. These guys keep staying in the forefront, in the in the in the front of the camera, and he's just masterful at what he does. So it's uh it's it's Lone Star and Dark Helmet. You know you you know you know when you know when Lone Star is is holding uh is holding Rick Moranis back and he's just swinging. <laughs> He's swinging yes. he can't get it's, yes. that's what it is dealing with these people all, all all you need to really do is is get beyond the fear of being called a racist or some kind of some kind of phobic something and you realize that we there's there's nothing there, there's children who have by all means they have acquired positions of of power at very very scary organizations and they have a lot of tools at their at their um their disposal but they're children and they're just lying. Yeah, literally. There's just nothing. Literally just lying, 100%. We're gonna end the audio podcast now. Live studio viewers, go nowhere. Stay right here, live viewers. Um, you have been listening to the Friday edition of the Dark Delight podcast with... Frankie Val on the drums and... Beans. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern Time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. Also, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time, streaming live on Rumble, Getter, and on Twitter now, safely. And you can make sure to check out Frank's show every Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. on QuiteFrankly.tv. We'll or right here on Rumble. Or on Rumble. I didn't even know that. On Rumble. We'll be back here on Monday. Later.